0: This is Movie Musings. I'm your host, Linda Berry, And I'm your co-host, Anna Carson Jones. Today we're going to be discussing the documentary, uh, The Final Year. And so I believe this was made in like 2007. Is that right, Anna? Um, this would have been made... Because I think that's what it said. Like, sometime in the early 2000s, when uh, President Obama was, like, it was his last year in presidency. And um, his, so this would have been made in around
1: 2017, um, 2018.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Because of, it
1: oh. was
0: the last year before Trump was It elected. was probably 17 then, and I just said 7. I missed yeah. the one. Yeah, 2017, it says
1: right here.
0: Okay, great. Um, And so, yeah, it was just about, like, America in its final year with President Obama as the U.S. president, and sort of discussing foreign affairs and uh, all the, the difficulties that were going on during that time. So what did you think about it, Anna?
1: Um, I found it really interesting, and it was, I mean, because, of course, we're just, canadian teens and i think we would have been uh um we would have been 13 when um trump was elected yeah. and it, it was interesting kind of getting that view from inside of the people in the most power in the united states just before trump would have come in mm-hmm. and it was very cool just getting that like inside the white house
0: perspective Mm-hmm. yeah it was really interesting to see how they like coordinate things and how they organize themselves as well like i had no idea that someone you know wrote obama's speeches for him like of course he probably edited some stuff and maybe wrote some speeches himself and everything but it's crazy how much uh like how much behind the scenes action goes on
1: Exactly, that we don't really see because all we're exposed to really is, you know, the big onstage speeches
0: that are influential and, you know, historical. Uh huh. Um, some techniques that I noticed uh, was the way they sort of showed his words beside his speeches. I don't know if you noticed that in the beginning. Yeah. But to make it more powerful, like they'd show his quotes and things like that, and it really sort of amplified his words and made him look more like a leader, I found. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, when they did news reports to kind of like set the scene, they would be talking and then you'd sort of see the action. So it'd be them getting onto a plane and they'd say, you know, like, oh these Nigerian schoolgirls were kidnapped or, you know, like, whatever was going on during that time or whatever, to sort of give some insight, which was also something that they do in documentaries, which was interesting. Um, yeah, and also a lot of jiggly camera, I noticed too, because I think they wanted to make it kind of like a relatable documentary, because it's the White House, a lot of people can't relate to that, so. Yeah. That was interesting. What did
1: you notice? Yeah, what I noticed, like the jiggly camera you mentioned, but was how most of the shots um, Mm -hmm. following, you know, the main, um, you know, the advisors of the White House, they were always behind them. Like they were always walking behind the people. Yeah. who they were doing the film on and I found that interesting and they also used you know it wasn't just like a smooth steady camera movement behind them it was like they literally had a film a filmmaker and a photographer walking behind this person of power with the camera and it kind of felt like you were a person walking behind them yeah it really
0: gave you that really personable feeling I think that might be why they did it Because we see so many documentaries, it's just like the media, it's superficial, you just see them showing, you know, the president when he's talking and he looks like all professional. But then, you know, these little scenes where, I was even going to mention, they showed some kind of like funny scenes, like they showed the cockroach in the building and someone's like, I'm going to step on him, like these weird things that you wouldn't think would be going on in the White House. Yeah, and I I found that
1: a really good technique, Mm -hmm. because um, uh, right before they pointed out the cockroach, the dead cockroach under the chair or whatever, this um, Ben, and I forget his last name. Rhodes, Ben
0: Rhodes. Pardon? Yeah, his last name is Rhodes.
1: Okay, oh yes, Ben Rhodes. He was talking about, you know, the issues with Iran Mm
0: -hmm. and all of
1: that, and like, these deep subjects, and then they'd contrast it with, like, this dead cock- cockroach mm-hmm. under a chair in the White House, and I found they did that quite a few times,
0: yeah. and they'd, or
1: they'd go from talking about the Nigerian schoolgirls being kidnapped um, to um, Miss Power with, you know, playing with her children and then looking at a map of the world, and she'd be like, do you know where Nigeria is? That's where they contrasted that, and I thought that it was kind of refreshing because you could see the light side of things, and like they're just people, but then contrasted with these heavy, dark subjects of, you know, the world and all the problems.
0: Yeah, and yeah, they did a really good way of making it seem very serious as it is, but also showing that there's only so much that they can do in these really difficult situations, you know? Yeah. And you could tell you could tell how stressed they were, especially when they showed Ben talking about Trump. And he's like, that's not going to happen, so I'm not going to freak out about it. And then when they showed him when Trump had finally been elected and he had, like, nothing to say. And he was like, I can't even put this into words. Yeah. Um, and uh, something else that I found interesting, like we were talking about the jokes, was, I don't know if you remember this, but when the cameraman asked Ben a question when he was in his office like he was like how hard has these how how hard have these like past few weeks been for you um and then Ben was like oh you know just terrible that kind of thing that was it made it much more relatable because it was like one of these questions just uh in the moment not planned out not scripted and you got kind of a really honest a really honest um answer from him in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, also the music I found really powerful.
1: Yeah, I really noticed the music, um, the use of music when, um, because, you know, on the night of the election results when it was being announced, you know, whether it was going to be Trump or Hillary, um, Clinton, it was... They use like this very, like, suspenseful music Mm -hmm. while showing all of these people who work with Obama in the highest positions of power, you know, watching the events unfold on TV and seeing who's going to be the next leader of this country that they've tried to change so much over the past um, four years and eight years. And I think that they use music really well with that. And then also at the end, of the film when Obama, um, they used the audio of his last speech um, from his last trip, which was to Greece. And then they also used this very, like, slow music, which was calming, but mm-hmm. I also felt it was kind of eerie, because it's kind of like, it's the end of an era, right? Mm-hmm. Especially going from Obama to Trump, it's like, it's about to big leap.
0: Yeah. So it's, also, <laughs> it's a scary like leap
1: music kind of made me think about,
0: like, it was, like, it was mysterious, and it kind of felt like that one trouble lesson, it's like, what will that hold, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty, and even just, um, something else I found when they're showing the documentary is they, they picked a lot of, uh, different things that really kind of showed Obama's, um... Obama's like his value of humanity which was really really like kind of like a stance they took in the documentary as well and sort of showing like a good balance between how much he kind of you know cared about people but also the reality of things which I think was really good in the documentary because you know you saw with Hiroshima when that man uh who was like he did uh, memorials for the American people who died um yeah you know, and like that was like just kind of like a beautiful moment. But then you also saw all the different problems with Syria and Iran and things like that. And I think it was kind of like a good balance of showing like what he stands for and sort of like how they were going about solving the problems without tons of information about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, even just showing them with their kids. Even I saw I saw Miss um, Power with their kids, and then I also saw Ben Rhodes with, like, a three-year-old on his shoulders when she yeah. was counting. It kind of shows, like, the human part of them, how they just want to sort of have a normal life kind of thing. It was interesting.
1: Yeah, and I, I, think, I thought it was really like important how they contrasted you know these people in such positions of high power with the fact that you know their parents their partners their friends their family you know all of that Mm -hmm. because we don't I think a long time we don't think about that when we see them giving speeches at the United Nations or Mm -hmm. you know on
0: this worldwide trip especially when um, yeah and especially, they have to be strong, too, so you don't see how sad they are about the subjects, and that can come off as thinking that they're not, they don't care about it, you know, they're not sensitive to it. Um, and, like, uh, it was kind of good the way they showed to Mrs. Powers and she was talking to the people who immigrated there. Like, I had no idea she immigrated from Ireland, you know, and yeah. that she could relate to that, and that she was deeply touched about all these different um, different subjects that they couldn't do very much about at the time because it's just, it's something so big, but showing that they care about it was a good technique that they used in the documentary. Anyway, yeah, sure. that's it for me.
1: Yeah, um, the last thing that I noticed was how the entire film, it felt like a lot of information.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: And... One thing that I noticed how it felt that way was because scenes only lasted about thirty seconds. Oh yeah. Like they tra- every every thirty seconds, you know, you know, give or take a few seconds or more, but every thirty seconds they would transition to a new person, a new speech, a new place, a new, you know, a new problem, and it, so it was like it wasn't that it was. I mean, it was a lot of topics, but it's not so much that it was a lot of topics. It's just that it flips back and forth between these topics. Uh Like every, you know, in one minute, it would cover like two different heartbreaking things. And then it would contrast with something heartwarming and then go back to heartbreaking and all of that. And it was just a technique that I felt kind of pushed to the urgency of this final year of, their presidency and it felt like that technique of just having a lot of scenes but that were really short all put together really enhanced
0: that. Yeah, that was that was good. I did find it difficult to keep up at some points mostly because um, I didn't follow politics when I was 13 as much. So I was yeah. like what what's going on? Like I I've, I've heard about them later but you know, um not so much information, but it did it did show that urgency, that is true. Anyway, yeah. uh, well, that's all. Thank you for tuning in to Movie Musings. I'm your host, Linda Barry. And I'm your co-host, Anna Carsley-Jones. Until next time, bye-bye.